It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked on Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's the first time in a long time. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday as we get you set for Falcons mini camp. And full disclosure, I should say good morning because I'm actually recording this right now before I head out to Falcons mini camp practice here in a little bit. So I'll have a full coverage, full report on that on tomorrow's show. We will talk with Aaron Freeman as we sort of get expectations for mini camp. Uh, as it gets underway here on this Tuesday. It's Tuesday through Thursday. Media availability only on Monday. Oh, I'm sorry, on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So uh, we'll get to the Falcons here in a moment. By the way, give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Wanted to get to the Braves real quick because they win their 12th in a row last night, but it didn't come at an expense. As Ozzy Albies breaks his foot, they expect him to be out four to eight weeks and uh, – you, know, you, you kind of get the first sign of, of a bump in the road, the first sign of trouble for the the Braves as they uh, they are on this win streak here. And everybody is sort of like, oh, oh, you know, and you worry about it. Um, in reality, you know, guys, I can tell you that uh, I don't know if there is anything to worry about um, with Ozzie Albies as far as him being out 8 to 12 weeks. And dare I say that it's maybe a blessing. Um during this win streak, guys, during the 12 games, Ozzie Albies uh, is batting 222. He has exactly 10 hits in 45 at-bats. Uh, his on-base percentage is 250. Uh, he has exactly as many stolen bases during this win streak as I do. That would be zero. To say he's been a non-factor, um, okay. I'm not down in the guy. I- I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying... This hasn't been the year for him. I mean, prior to this, he was only batting 250. His OBP was 298. So it's like, how much of an impact has he really had? Um, and I say all that to say that there is enough of offense on this team to be able to cover things down for Ozzy while he's out. Uh, I think the depth is there. And depth is always questionable, right? It, it, it'll be tested. If Orlando Garcia or whoever it is who's going to be the full-time second baseman going forward is going to, you know, have a uh, a, a – sort of um you know role in this thing then he'll have to play well and do and 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 play at a certain level if not they'll make some changes and figure something out going forward so i don't think alex anthopoulos will sit on his hands and go we'll just suck it up for two months no i think they'll find any player who's going to help them win baseball games so uh the good news for them tonight is steven strasburg not starting he got yanked heading back to the il uh so the best chance i think for the nationals to beat the braves would be with Strasburg on the mound, and that's not happening. So maybe the Braves can win all three of these games. Who knows? It's always a weird spot like this in baseball where you get some unknown first-time starter who steps in, and all of a sudden, bam, you end up getting your 12-game win streak snapped. So we'll we'll see what happens. But let's turn our attention to the Falcons here because for the first time in 14 years, Matt Ryan will not be – at Falcons mandatory minicamp. He will not be at any camp. He will not be at training camp because he's no longer part of this team. And it signals 
a massive change. Uh, this is now Arthur Smith's team. This is Arthur Smith's culture. This is his entire environment to create, grow, build, and mold into whatever he wants it to be. And he's going to pass some of that responsibility off to his quarterback. And his quarterback right now, Marcus Mariota. It's, it's a fait accompli at this point that we feel like Mariota is going to be the week one starter. Although many people, much like me, have been questioning when and where is the opportune time to get Desmond Ritter in? How much you know, work should he get with the ones? And could he possibly win the job and, and things of that nature? And look, all those are fair questions. And some of that, full disclosure, is, you know, it, it's sports talk radio stuff, right? Like it's 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 what we do. We ask questions like that that are sort of hypothetical to try to figure out um, the best way for uh, you know fans to get involved and interact. Um, so, well, I, well, I'm not saying that just because I don't think that Marcus Mariota has a chance. I mean, I'm sorry, Desmond Ritter has a chance to start. I think he does. I think he absolutely could win the job if he's given an equal opportunity. If it's truly an open competition, he's got a shot to win it. Now, again. Uh, I, I use the Russell Wilson example, not because he was a third round pick, but because he was a guy that was behind Matt Flynn when he got to Seattle and came into camp and won the job. And the rest is history, as they say. Let's hope that's the case for the Falcons. Let's hope the rest is history with Desmond Ritter. And, and uh, we figure out that this guy really can play and, and we're off and running. Um, but as we get out to mini camp today, you know, I'm just going to kind of look for some signs and signals of things that I've repeatedly said, I think, that are important. Uh, I'm very curious to see what the offense looks like and how it's geared towards Kyle Pitts. You know, you're going to try and run a whole variety of different things, but, you know, when they come out in certain situations and the first play that they run is to, is to Kyle Pitts, you get a sense of how important it is, right? Like you put your bread and butter plays at the front. You don't come out for your first play of a practice and go, let's go flea flicker. Coaches don't do that. Because it's a throwaway deal. It's not something you're going to use routinely. The bread and butter stuff goes up front. You know, the basic foundational pieces of your offense go up front. You have to master those before you can master anything else. And so let's figure out what the foundational pieces are for this offense. I'm definitively curious to see the first time they put guys on the field with pads on is Tyler Algier, the number one running back. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the week one starting running back. I think that there is... Uh, a lot of opportunity for this young man. Let's just see if it comes to fruition here in training camp. I think those are things that you can easily look at. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I will look for what is the measure of improvement we can look for for this defense. They're still going to give up points. Um, they're still not going to be a, a lockdown defense. They're still not going to have guys who get to the passer uh, on a regular basis, get to the quarterback on a regular basis. All those holes are still going to be there. But what is the measure of improvement we can get for this offense? How much can – I'm sorry, for this defense. How much can we look at them and see if they can improve? That's kind of what I'm looking for. You know, if, if you're given – if they were giving up 28 points a game, whatever it was last year, I don't know the number off the top of my head. If they were giving up 27, 28 points a game this year, can they get it to 26? And you say, well, Zeno, that's not a big deal. It's only a point. Yeah, it is a big deal. Have you looked at the roster on defense? Do you know any of those names outside of Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell? Nah, nobody does. When you got nine other guys on the field that nobody wanted and nobody cares about, yeah, that's a big deal. You can limit You can get this thing down just a point on defense. That's a big deal, and that's something to celebrate for Dean Peace and his crew. Dean Peace finally has players that he has sort of handpicked and hand-chosen for this defense, right? 
and and let's see what he can do with them. Granted, they're not high-level guys, but let's see what he can do with them because I think it's important that when you're running a defense, you have the players who fit that scheme better than the ones who don't. And, of course, I'll do one of these and give a gander out there and see if I can see that 45 anywhere on the field. Deion Jones anywhere here? Deion! There. I don't think I'm going to see him. I'd be shocked if I do. Uh, even if he's standing on the sidelines, I'd be mildly surprised. So we'll get a full report on Falcons training camp uh, tomorrow on the show. So stay with us. Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons, going to join us next right here. We'll dive into training camp itself. Mini camp, I should say, not training camp. We'll dive into mini camp with him and see where the Falcons are headed in 2022. That's coming up next. Plus, I think I feel like I'm making a bold prediction. I feel like one's coming with Aaron. That's coming up right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back in A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zinno. You can follow our next guest on Twitter at Falcfans. He is the host of Locked On Falcons. We get set for mini camp. Let's welcome in our good buddy, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. Aaron, what's up, buddy? How are we doing today? I'm doing all right, Mark. <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound very much like a uh, resounding, you know, uh, load of happiness as we head into mandatory minicamp. Well, you know, the the heat's getting to me. Uh, you know, it's been a long summer. We're getting into that dead time of football, so I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, we got some football ahead of us right here with this mandatory minicamp for the Falcons. Yeah, and, you know, we've debated a lot this offseason about Desmond Ritter and where he's going to fit into this offense and where and how much time, how much opportunity he's going to get to start uh, for this team. So as we finally start to see, you know, what they call real bullets flying, a.k.a. meaning they can actually hit somebody and put pads on during minicamp, um, what are we expecting? I mean, I assume when we get out there later today that we will see – Marcus Mariota under center with the right. I mean, that's a fait accompli at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I, it's It's been Mariota's job to lose. You know, the question has been sort of whether or not Ritter can close that gap between now and the start of training camp. Um, and then obviously when we get to training camp, that's really where he'll have a, a, a really golden opportunity to really make up ground. But, you know, starting jobs aren't won in the month of June. Those are one in July and August and whatnot. So I think Mariota is certainly the guy uh, at this point. And the question is just going to be, is he going to be the guy by the time we get to September? Do we get a sense that we can glean anything you think from mandatory minicamp and Desmond Ritter? Can we get a sense of anything that may translate to the NFL level from Cincinnati? It's tough because you're not seeing a guy that's going up against, like, you know, as you joked before we went on air, real bullets flying at this point in time. You know, it's all blanks, I guess you could say, if you want yeah. to continue that analogy. And I think that's really the concern with Desmond Ritter as he transitions to the next level is how is he going to deal with pressure, uh, particularly playing behind a Falcons offensive line that has not been very good at preventing their quarterbacks uh, from playing under pressure. And so that's really the question. And I, I don't know if minicamp or really anything that happens this time of year really kind of translates to what's going to matter once we get to September. But certainly I think you can just see, you know, the arm strength, the accuracy, those types of things when you're 
essentially throwing against air at this point in time. Uh, I know that was a major question mark for Desmond Ritter coming out of Cincinnati, questions and concerns about his accuracy. So I guess you can ask yourself and, and see if that's gotten better or that's still a major concern. But I think outside of that, you're not really going to be able to glean something at this point in time in the calendar that's going to really translate to you know the fall. My other biggest concern, at least for the rookies, more than anything, is that they stay injury-free. You know, I think this is the longest period of their career so far to this point they've been without football, right? I mean, because the draft process and everything leading up to it doesn't necessarily allow for these guys to be on a football field, running reps, going through motions and everything else because of uh, between getting drafted, signing a contract, picking up, moving, finding play, all that stuff. You know, you just hope that all these kids get out of this thing 100% healthy. So fingers crossed on that. But the other thing that I'm really curious to see is where Tyler Algier fits in the running back room and how quickly he may ascend to the top of the depth chart for running backs. As I told you, he's he's my bet for starting running back week one uh, on opening day. So I'm curious to see how that whole thing will unfold. Yeah, you know, I think – you know, I probably put Patterson ahead of him, but I think obviously Patterson's bread is going to be buttered in the passing game this year. And I think if the Falcons can get Algier to really take a lot of that burden as the true blue running back that's going to be carrying the football, that will be a win for them. Um, it, it's you know, I'm I'm not as high on on Tyler Algier uh, in terms of how he translates to the NFL. We talked about this, I think, probably the last time. I was on the pod, Mark, where, you know, I'm not sure if he's significantly better than some of the other day three running backs that the Falcons have taken over the last couple of years with guys like Brian Hill and Ido Smith and, and Quadri Olison. But the one thing that Algier has going for him that those guys didn't have, those guys were buried on a depth chart behind guys like Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman and Todd Gurley, et cetera. Uh, Algier is not going to have that problem moving forward. So he will certainly have an opportunity to make a name for himself this summer uh, and you, we may very well see him, you know, emerge due to that opportunity if he can take advantage of that uh, later this year. One more on offense here, Aaron. Uh, and Arthur Smith said it last week at the end of uh, at the end of OTAs uh, about Kyler, uh, Kyle Pitts that we're just scratching the surface. And I'm going to be annoying about this, and we're going to talk about this from now till the end of December. But if that's the case and you've only scratched the surface, I'll repeat that it is completely derelict and Wanton coaching if you do not force feed him the ball and he gets 120 targets this year. I mean, Arthur Smith is essentially confirming what my thought was by saying, well, we've only scratched. Well, the only way to find out if the surface is anything below the surface is anything good is to keep scratching away. And the only way you keep scratching away is keep feeding him the damn football. So uh, Arthur Smith confirming what my, my feeling was on how much Kyle Pitts is going to be used this year. Yeah, that was something that was kind of missing from the offense last year where you didn't see a lot of the Falcons just kind of manufacturing those targets, getting him to run those like quick outs and those hitches for like five yards and see just get him the ball and let him sort of cook after the catch and do those types of things. And that's why early in the season, it was Calvin Ridley that was sort of leading the team in targets. It wasn't particularly close between him and Pitts. And then later in the season, it was kind of Russell Gage that was leading the team in targets, uh, much to everyone's surprise. So Kyle Pitts was sort of consistently the secondary option for the Falcons in the passing game. And I think this year, 
all expectations are he's going to be that primary option. You know, there's not going to be a veteran uh, opposite him at that wide receiver position with Drake London likely being uh, the top target getter at that position. But it's going to probably take him a, a little bit of time to transition to the league. Like we kind of saw Kyle Pitts last year, you know, um, maybe a month or two before he can really get up to speed in the regular season. So I'm with you. I think getting Kyle Pitts, you know, as many touches as he possibly can get, you know, if that's 10, 12, 15 type targets a game even if a lot of those are sort of dinking and dunking just finding ways to sort of keep the offense on schedule especially going back to the point we made early with the running game if you're not going to be able to rely on that to sort of pound the football Kyle Pitts is a really good option you know five yards is five yards whether you get it Mm -hmm. handing the ball off to Cordero Patterson to Tyler Algier or throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts I think that would be a great way for the Falcons to sort of keep their offense on schedule and also find ways to get their top playmaker the football you know, by the way, I'm going to whine about one other thing, okay? Just I love the smile on your face for those who are watching on YouTube, for those who are just listening to the normal podcast. Aaron is giving me that wry smile as if to say, oh, here we go again. Uh, I'm going to complain about I'm going to complain about one other thing, and I'm going to be watching. I, and I don't care if it's not regular season. I'm looking at the first preseason game, the first red zone possession, the very first time they snap a ball inside the 10-yard line. If the pass play – doesn't go to Kyle Pitts. I'm going to make a stink about it. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Thank I, you. I, re- I recently went back and, and rewatched some of the red zone stuff from early in the season. Uh, in that first game he against Philadelphia, he wasn't even on the field. And I, I remember that being a thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot how. <laughs> yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> when you drafted him fourth overall, it was a big thing. It was definitely yeah. a thing. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think. Arthur Smith can certainly placate a lot of folks if he can get Kyle Pitts a touchdown. I mean, he only scored one touchdown last year, and it he wasn't can match even on the season total in week one, baby. Week one, he can match his season total, and that's the goal. That's yeah, my he, bold prediction. Week one, Kyle Pitts will match his his. Uh, I, I tell you what, let's even go one further, Aaron, because you know I'm a gambler. Week one, Kyle Pitts will exceed his entire. 2021 touchdown total in week one of the season write it down book it it's a bet i think i I might have to join you and put a little bit of money on that as well because i I think that's a great bet as well now now i'm looking for the touchdown prop for kyle pitt in week one just that's where my head is going all right uh real quick let's flip over to defense uh okay let's phrase it this way because everybody's expected to be in attendance at uh mandatory mini camp what the hell is Deion jones still doing here yeah, I mean, that situation is interesting. I've, I've talked about it a ton on, on Locked on Falcons. It's kind of just in wait-and-see mode. Everything I've heard from you know other folks that cover the team seem like you know it is inevitable that the Falcons will part ways with Deion Jones. It's just a matter of timing, how it happens, trade, cut. You know, is it this month? Is it next month? Is it August? At some point in time this summer, you know, Deion Jones will no longer be a Falcon. We just sort of twiddling our thumbs and just waiting to see how and when it happens. So either we're going to pay him $20 million or we're not going to pay him $20 million and we're going to fake leave $18 million on our books, right? Like that's the end result of this whole thing. I I mean, I think obviously they're waiting and hoping, you know, they don't ever hope somebody gets hurt, but they're waiting and hoping a middle linebacker somewhere, you know, goes down and all of a sudden somebody is in need and and somebody will say, Hey, Hey, we'll give you a a sixth round conditional pick for uh for Deion Jones right now, and the Falcons go, thank you. But I'm curious, you know, if you were Terry Fontenot, would you want the pick or them to take more of the salary? Uh, I, You know, if I'm Terry Fontenot. I probably Fontenot, want the pick. 
Yeah, I think I, I want the pick. Even if it's a late round pick, I, I think this team needs as many young assets as they can get in the future. Um, so I, I would probably just take the pick at this point in time. Like, you know, it's not as if you're going to go out there and sign some Hall of Fame player at, at this point in time mm-hmm. with the sort of cap space. You're just getting bodies into camp. So the pick is going to give you more value, certainly yeah, over the long I mean, term. There's 62 million over the cap. What's the difference between like 80 million and 75 million, right? What are we really talking about? Here? <laughs> yeah. Half your cap is dead anyway. Uh, defensively, you know, obviously the standouts we know are there and the names that everybody's going to know are there. It's Grady Jarrett, it's AJ Terrell, you know, uh, and, and maybe one or two other guys who, who can emerge. But I'm just now that Dean Peace has had a full another year to sort of acquire at least the talent that he wants. Granted, it's not high-level talent, but he has, he's acquired the players he thinks fit best in his scheme. How much of an improvement is likely? I think this defense is moving in the right direction. You know, my, most of my questions about this team moving forward are, are on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean I necessarily think this defense is going to be great this year. I still think they'll probably be a below average defense. But the goal, I think, is to get closer to the middle of the pack. The goal is to keep this uh, team competitive in games. And even as bad as the defense was last year, there were several games last year where the defense was able to get stops and the offense wasn't able to sort of take advantage of those opportunities, whether they be, you know, uh, uh three and outs or turnovers or whatever the case may be. And I expect more of the same from this defense. It's not going to be a great unit, but it's going to be scrappy. It's going to be competitive. It should be able to match up with most teams. As long as they can kind of fix the run defense, uh, I I feel like that's the one area that the Falcons haven't really addressed. And as Arthur Smith has sort of put forward that they may be looking for more trench help later this summer. So I'm looking forward to see if the Falcons – add another body up front, another big body up front that can help keep some of these linebackers clean and and help boost that run defense. And if they can do that, I really will feel a lot better about this defense's ability to be competitive this year. He is the host of Locked On Falcons right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Aaron Freeman here on A to Z. I will ask you one more question. Did the Braves make it lucky 13 tonight, Aaron? We'll see. I don't know. It, it, Braves are going to brave. So, you know, it, they're, they're, they're doing good things right now, but uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, you know, overall under uh, Falcons wins on the Braves winning streak this year, you know, it might've been an interesting question a month ago. If you'd asked that, will the Falcons have more wins than the longest Braves winning streak this year, considering they only won two, but here we are. All right. Check it out again. Uh, locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. Thanks for the time as always, brother. We appreciate it. All right, uh, take a time out. Come back and wrap things up here on A to Z. Stay with us. It's Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Wrapping things up here on this Tuesday, heading out to Falcons Mini Camp. Make sure you guys tune into tomorrow's show as I'll have a full recap of everything that I saw. In fact, I'm heading out to uh, Mini Camp again tomorrow. So, uh, both days of availability this week for the Atlanta Falcons. I'll be out in Flowery Branch sweating because it's fun to do so here in Georgia. All right. Uh, before we get to game five of the NBA finals, uh, we'll do something that we normally do here on the show. Let's hand out some shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, 
you know how we do it every day. We hit somebody upside the head with a shovel, a metaphorical shovel, if you will, for saying you're doing something stupid. And today my shovel goes to the NFL. Yeah, you want to know why? Uh, can I just preface this by saying I am not a high-maintenance dude. Uh, I certainly enjoy the finer things in life. But uh, when it comes to pizza, as a native New Yorker, I'm a freaking snob. Uh, the NFL just entered into a new deal with Little Caesars as the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Mm. Well, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it's business. I get, like, I'm being ridiculous. I understand. Like, I get it's business, but dear Lord, you can't they just pick the Pizza Hut? Like, Papa John's? I, I mean, all this stuff is terrible, right? Like, I mean, sorry, folks. I just, you know, chain pizza is terrible. Like, again, I'm a snob. I like my pizza. I have very specific uh, requirements for my pizza, uh, you know, and, and, and none of it's really good down here in Atlanta. Although I have found one or two places that are really good. So I will say that much. But Little Caesars, really? Now we got to see that little toga dude, pan, pan, pizza, pizza. Thank you. Thank you. Nice toga commercial eight billion times on Sundays. <sighs> Man, that's terrible. All right. From uh, Shovels of Wisdom to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh, I don't know where this is. I have to figure out where it is. But uh, there is apparently uh, a Channel 11 uh, weatherman who took a shot at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and this is hysterical. He's doing the weather. I think it's in Texas somewhere. Um, I have to double check. But uh, listen to this, because this is very well done by the weatherman taking a shot at the Dallas Cowboys. And now we look at our 10 day forecast is looking a little bit like those Dallas Cowboys is peaking in the nineties. Oh man. I think it's in Kentucky. Cause I just saw Lexington. That might be in Kentucky channel 11 in Kentucky. That's a good joke though. I like it. Very well done. Very, very well done. Good job there. Weatherman. Okay. Let's pivot here to something sports like, uh, warriors game five last night. Um, Pretty impressive performance by that team. Didn't think they had it in them. Um, more so, again, Boston continues to turn the basketball over. And when they do, they just have no shot to win a basketball game. They've just given away too many free points, uh, making too many mistakes, and now they're on the brink of uh, being eliminated uh, from the NBA Finals here as they go to Game 6. But, you know, the storyline of last night could have been a lot of things. Um, and somehow – National media pundits, and of course, this is like hot takey crap that goes on in national media, and you sort of have to do it. I get it. I just tune it out. But the idea that we're talking about Steph Curry, who only had 16 points and failed to make a three-pointer, um, and questioning his prowess as a player in the postseason, because, again, we do this in the NBA for some reason. like We don't do it in any other sport. We don't even do it in football. We do it with quarterbacks. But we don't even really do it in football. But NBA stars, if you don't have a big game every game and win those games, you get skewered. And Steph is getting skewered for a, for a game that he helped his team win. Not much. But there were a couple of times during late in that game where Steph passed up an open shot himself and gave it to a teammate for them to make it. I mean, well, I don't know why we do this. The last time Steph Curry missed a three-pointer in the game, was November 8th, 2018, and he got injured in the game and then missed the next, uh, looks like, 11 games. 
And from December 1st, 2018 until yesterday, June 13th, 2022, he had made a three-pointer every single time he stepped on the court, no matter how much he played. I, that's not what we should be celebrating something that insane. We should be celebrating the last time Steph Curry missed a three-pointer. Uh, I don't know. The world is halfway normal, comparatively speaking, to now. COVID wasn't here. We didn't have riots for a full year. Like, what? We're, you know, those are easier times, man. And we're sitting here riding Steph Curry for what reason? I can't understand. I just think it's poor form. And, and as I said, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. That, uh, you know, he didn't have a great game, but he doesn't have to have a great game. He's Steph Curry. He's had a Hall of Fame career to this point already. Let's not overthink this. He had a bad night. His team won the game. It happens. I covered a football game, a playoff game, where the quarterback went 4 of 13 for 83 yards with an interception, and his team won. That quarterback won a Super Bowl. Not the same year, but that quarterback ended up going on to win a Super Bowl. If you can guess who it is, if you guess who it is and you tweet me who it is, I'll send you a $25 gift card from somewhere. So let's see who's watching. If you can tweet me who that quarterback is, I don't even care if you look it up. But he went four for 13 for 83 yards with an interception, no touchdowns. His team won the game, and that quarterback went on to win a Super Bowl in their career. I'll send you a $25 gift card. I promise. Scout Towner. So that's your quiz question for the day. All right, that'll do it for us here on A to Z. Back tomorrow uh, for another episode as we will give you a full report from Falcons mini camp. Make sure you guys check out all the shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta from A to Z to Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, Jarvis Davis, and Tanitra Batiste. And of course, you know Locked On Falcons, Locked On Hawks, and Braves Postcast. Back tomorrow right here on A to Z. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.